0: All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the bunker. Always. We are coming off of the high of episode 50. We are coming into another song.
1: I just remembered something.
0: Jesus.
2: I was
1: going to sing you a song for a 50th episode, and I completely forgot.
0: Nice.
1: Can I sing it for you now? Sure. It's only 35 seconds long.
0: Oh, my God. How do you know that? you ready? Yes.
1: Fifty, nifty, United States from 13 original colonies. Shout them, them, tell all about them one by one till we've given a name to every state in the USA. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, Washington. Oh my god, I forgot. I thought too hard about it and now I forgot it. Wyoming. Wyoming. (laughs) Wait. Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. That's it.
2: (laughs) It's part of the act The 50 states Pack up your bags It's never too late From Alabama to Arkansas Follow Alaska Say what you saw Swim in the ocean Maryland, Maine Then Massachusetts What a great place Go to New Hampshire Missouri too It's not Virginia But it will do Take a drive to Ohio We went running through the oil And my favorite avenue I tried it on my favorite shoes
1: How
0: did you know that? What is that song?
1: We were taught that in elementary school. See, you are taught to memorize. And then for some reason while we were at space camp... We were having drills to see who could do it the fastest, mm. and I won because I could do it in 18 seconds. Not the Whoa. introductory part, but just the states.
0: Yeah, Damn. Yeah. Do you have to clap, too? No. That's how you shave off a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just 18 Connecticut, you clap in your head while it's going. Just...
1: And that way, if for some reason you ever need to know the states in alphabetical order, you're, you're ready.
0: I couldn't think of a reason that I would need it, but that's amazing. Anyways, where was I? I don't
1: know.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, starting all the way over. <laughs> Kelly, how was your week in general?
1: I spent my week thinking about how we, this is not another 50 upcoming. It's, uh, it's number one. Everyone is number one. <laughs> We're just starting over every time. Trying to do better every time. Nice. That's right.
0: This is like a, like a head coach, from, you know, a sports interview. <laughs> just giving 100%. Give it That's 110. Right. Focus on our enemy right now. Focus on, on thinking about next week. I'm not thinking about next week. I don't Today. know what's coming next week. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. <laughs> and that's what it is, except this is Ever Given Monday. That's right. <laughs> this is a Bob Dylan podcast, not a sports podcast. So oh, if you're Monday. confused, <laughs> um, we spend the week with a random Bob Dylan song that we pick at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. And then we sit with it. We make playlists around it. We listen to it, obviously. We listen to it some more and we listen to it some more. And then at the end of the week, at the end of the week, we get together and we talk about it. And that's why we're here today, to talk about a very particular song. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the sixth Motzkin number, telling the number of ways to draw non-intersecting chords between any six points on a circle's boundary, no matter where the points may be located on the boundary.
2: Oh my God. And this
0: week we listen to Soon After Midnight off of 2012's Tempest.
1: I thought I was going to be interested when he said Matson,
0: because I was like, what's a
1: Matson? And then I stopped caring immediately. Yeah.
0: But don't you want to know where you put uh, lines on a circle? I, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I could possibly care at all either.
2: I'm searching for phrases to sing your praises. I need to tell someone. It's soon after midnight. My day has just begun All right, Kelly, it is
0: 6.43. We're not close to midnight yet, but how was your week with uh, soon after midnight off of 2012's Tempest?
1: It's fine. My week was good with it. Okay. It's a little sleepy. I and mean, this is definitely... So Tempest,
0: 2009,
1: mm-hmm. as you just said. Right. 12? I said
0: it twice. 2012.
1: Damn it. Yeah, oh, it's a good try. What that? happened in 2009?
0: Together Through Life. That... Which we've never listened to. Okay. Like that. 2012. 2012. That's a recent. I said it twice. Man. Uh-huh. I
1: heard nine every time uh-huh. in my head. It's like I didn't even listen. I don't know. It was fine. Let's move on. I'm starting... I've listened to enough Bob Dylan at this mm. point where things get slotted into my head. It's like there's Christian Bob and then there's post-Christian Bob. And this is obviously post-Christian Bob. Oh, but I don't,
0: well, post-Christian Bob.
1: Right, but I don't. I guess I still don't. I, remember when I said I've listened to enough Bob Dylan to know some stuff? I I just take it. I take it all back. I don't know anything oh. because I have a hard time with the timeline. If only there was an interactive timeline we could go to.
0: I wish. I wish there was, but I can't help you with that.
1: <laughs> so, does he sound like this crooner guy? From when does that happen? When does the crooner voice happen?
0: I would. I would say that the crooner voice gets more prevalent. Around 2006.
1: Oh, really? That late? I
0: mean, because think about it. We've listened to Honest With Me, the very first song. Right. Would you consider that current? I know that's kind of a harder backing song to it. but
1: Yeah, I guess not. Really, but sort of Cold Iron's Bound,
0: Cold yes. Cold Iron's Bound, you're right. So I think 97, you could make the case for that. Yeah. Because he took the time off in between. So, I mean, his major albums are Oh Mercy in 89, and then this, and he did the two acoustic ones in the early 90s. But in between that time, there's only those two acoustic cover records which is just him playing guitar but in between that yeah i think he gets older and he goes through a had a throat thing you know because he was on the brink of death just like his um oh oh yeah i guess we'll talk about that we've never said that well once we get to more you know uh he 2012 he's full croon full croon at this point yeah i mean but we listen to pay and blood what is that is that croon yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dark croon. It's a gurgly croon. Well, it's like, yeah,
1: it's like the Leonard Cohen stage of his life.
0: Yeah. That's definitely where he's at. Yeah. But I think even Triplicate has kind of a different, a little bit of a different vibe than Tempest. You know, he's on record of saying, like, I wasn't out to make a album like this. So I think, I think there's like a little, I think he wanted to make those Frank Sinatra songs and then something sort of pushed him in a different direction. Thank God. So.
1: I like the song. It was soft and gentle with wild ass lyrics.
0: Wild ass lyrics. Yeah. And that's what we're going to definitely get on, uh, get to. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, for me, the, the music was probably one of those seller things. Um, we haven't listened to the record yet, but the very first song, Duquesne Whistle, is kind of, he does the thing with the albums that he's been doing now f- since 97 at least, where he has an up tempo, low tempo, up tempo, low tempo. The very first song is an up tempo. This is the low tempo after that. Um, and it's a short one, and then we go back to a seven-minute up-tempo with Narrow Way," which is a great song. This one was always one for some reason. A lot of the low-tempo Bob Dylan songs of the last 20 years have been not of my my favorites. They're not the ones I like kind of go back to a lot. But when I do, I'm often surprised. And with this one, it was always a really nice song. It was always just like it's got that doo-wop feel. It feels like we're going to the malt shop after we listen to this. And a lot of Bob Dylan's greatest songs – do that and then they invert themselves especially lyrically um, in really creative ways. Now I knew before we went into this week, you know, listening to this album multiple times through my life even from 2012 that the that the lyrics get dark. Like I know but I also know everything about Bob Dylan. Like that didn't surprise me. That wasn't something and I don't think it surpri- should surprise us at this point with 50 songs. I think he's done enough now to solidify. He's not one note songwriter like this the songwriting is going to go one way and then he's going to take it another way and so i think i just took it for granted to be honest like listening to this before i was like oh these are kind of dark he's sounding a little ominous here but you know what i don't really care because i need to like let's just like continue (laughs) on i didn't really pay that much attention to it which is unfortunate because i think the song is actually quite great i really really enjoy it i mean you said it was kind of sleepy but is it more sleepy than what good am i no, great point. Yeah, I think this is a little more upbeat. I also think Bob's voice is brilliant. I think it's like some of the best vocals we've heard, especially at this era of this. I mean, pain and blood, I, I personally love it, but God it is gurgly. It is, and that's the point, I think. But this is just so nice. He's just so polite and sweet until he's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever he's thinking. Well,
1: I guess that's the way I am categorizing sleepy songs in my head mm. is like do i space out or am i kind of like wrapped my intention is there and this was the former um yeah. and then suddenly it's like oh he's dragging a corpse through the mud. okay whoa i was minding my own business and then
0: but let me let me tune back in here Let's yeah. see where, <laughs> let me see where this one goes before we even get into the lyrics which i think is going to be the majority of this i want to mention one song uh, called A New Shade of Blue by the Bobby Fuller Four. the same song
1: yeah having the back-to-back on the playlist was jarring because i was like
0: oh happened again." you legitimately thought without that hi-hat starting soon after midnight and sort of the it kind of it has a weird production it's like kind of like it's almost like a it's almost like listening to a vinyl record where you sort of put on the the needle and it sort of like scrapes together it feels like it's not actually fully sounding like the sound's not there all the way and it just kind of kicks itself slowly to life, which I, is beautiful. It sounds really great. But that guitar lick is A New Shade of Blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Where did this song come from? Also, New Shade of Blue, great song.
1: It just made me think of uh, Theme Time.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, we're just – yeah, like, this would be totally on there. Mm-hmm. And he would say something snarky. Oh, God. If it ever comes back, he'll probably say <laughs> – Something about Midnight or whatever. I remember Oh, it'll that. be on the Midnight episode Blame or something.
1: ripped off this song. Here's the um, Bobby Bullet 4.
0: <laughs> actually, that's part of the entire uh, episode here. Songs that I've, I've taken liberties with. <laughs> <laughs> Just like he's trying to take liberties with the person in the song, Kelly.
1: Mm.
0: Lyrically, what do we think? Oh, I do says... want to hear your interpretation. I'm excited to know if I mean, there's a narrative structure for you.
1: It's not that creative because it's, like, very obviously about a serial killer. Like, there's no there's, other possibility. There's
0: literally no other possibility. No, no, no. Okay. This
1: is a – I'm not really well-versed in serial killers. Uh, but this guy –
0: Like a Jack the Ripper type or a
1: – Well, I think he gets to know uh, the, the ladies he's stalking. He's definitely a lady killer in he the worst He likes
0: Charlotte way. and uh, Honey. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I think he gets to know them and inserts themsel- like himself – that's part of his, like – psychopathy is that he wants to be part of their life he wants them to care about yeah uh, he wants the women to care about him legitimately honestly before he kills them uh which is why you get two-timing slim jim or whatever his name is
0: Ooh, what's up with him
1: um because this was clearly somebody that slighted one of his potential
0: victims oh my and god this like, is like uh what's his name dupree two-timing jim is dupree if dupree got out of there alive He's changed his identity and he's now two time in gym.
1: Right, right. If that's mm. even his name in this song.
0: No, it's not. Totally. Slim. Isn't. Just Slim. Slim.
1: I said Slim Jim because that's where you go with that.
0: Snap it to a Slim Jim.
2: a little statement? Snap it to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, Bob has been, or I'm not going to say Bob because I would hope that Bob's not a silly killer. Yeah. But the narrator of this song uh, has been staking out whatever area or whatever victim and as he's inserted themselves in those lives he's like oh that guy fuck that guy i'm gonna prove that i really care about you and i'm gonna kill him and yeah now we're really close and like now i'm also gonna kill you it's really fun but yeah it's just like a jaunty i this is absolutely to me is like somebody grinning the whole time uh-huh. and just like i know i'm just a good person killing other people what
0: is that the one with the barber the F- of Fleet Street, the barber Sweeney Todd. Oh, Sweeney Todd, yeah, right. Isn't Sweeney Todd also sort of? I
1: think of, so. I never actually watched it. Yeah, like.
0: I don't know either. But he's isn't he? I I have a feeling like he's there's he's some jaunt. Okay. There's yeah. a jaunt. Yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of like I'm the killer barber of Fleet Street. I this is who I am.
1: Yeah, I murder people. It's great. So my notes are a very particular. Serial killer, killer who's stalking his victims. Okay, and I believe I put let's see, yeah, surreal sur- surreal serial killer soundtrack. And oh. I think that this is. Absolutely.
0: What a weird song to put on a record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of perfect. Yeah, I Is was, it
1: not about killing people? Or well, you're I don't know.
0: Them? No, I don't think that the, there, I don't know if there's like a consensus really. Um, like I said before, I was, I was drawn to that dissonance. You know, it's like lyrically it's dark. Get this really jaunty, beautiful doo song. Perfect. That's so Dylan. Let the music, let the lyrics speak two different things. That, that drive home something. I just like how it starts. You know, I'm singing your praises. I'm, I'm searching for phrases to sing your praises. Now, instantly when you hear that, do you know who you sing your praises to? Jesus.
1: Oh, no. Every time. I know.
0: And so instantly, sign on the window, tradition. We reject that interpretation. <laughs> it exists. Plenty of people out there are like really driving that home. But we're going to go ahead and just continue on. I think that this song is more about a couple of things. I think it's about – I don't want to say it's about Sarah, although like anything that we talk about, we need to acknowledge that I do think that the song is, say it with me at home, more honest than Sarah. Yes, it is. I think that there's a level of Bob Dylan here that is about him. I think that it's not – there is no honey stealing money. There is no – Charlotte, the harlot, There's not, wearing scarlet, You know, people wearing green.
1: Mary dresses
0: in green. Yeah, I don't think any of that stuff is like real. I think it's more, obviously, it's all illusions. The, the first part I want to say is that if we're being generous, I think, and probably the most interesting one for me, is that there's a level, again, I like Bob when he's self-reflexive. I like Bob when he's sort of acknowledging that if his day is starting at midnight and he's doing what we assume is somebody going out looking for women of the night um, to, murder. To, to murder. Yeah, murder, I think, is... I don't know what in here actually tells us that he's murdering
1: them. I mean, he is. I mean, I'm in no great hurry. I know. I'm not afraid of your fury because he doesn't want to rush it. He's going to carve him up really nice. Him real nice.
0: Real nice. <laughs> yeah, I just, I guess I, maybe I just don't want to go there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, I just think it's somebody, I think it's Bob sort of telling himself. Like, I don't think Jim is a real person. I think Jim is Bob. I think Bob mm-hmm. is replying to Jim. Jim is the low down dirty who's looking for love in the wrong places, looking for – again, he idealizes women. And I feel like he is, in this song even, idealizing this woman and denigrating Charlotte, Mary, honey. All of the people are just like trash to him. He's in a trash world because he's looking for the perfect virgin angel. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he's like – And at the end, he sort of kicks himself out of it where he's like, I'm looking for you. I'm only looking for you. Now, is the you his murder victim? Maybe. Yes. Well, yes. But, I mean, if you were a murderer, you'd be looking for the ideal murder victim too, right? You wouldn't just want to murder anyone. You'd have Um, to get the perfect murder victim.
1: I'm too focused on the fact that you just made me think about sweet virgin angel.
0: Yeah. And I, I, well, so every I, time I say that, it really just jars you back to the reality at hand, which is everything is about Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not about the Civil War. <laughs> Those are
1: our only two lanes. That's it.
0: That's it. A couple of illusions. Guys, I'm going down my notes here. Moon is in my eye. It's soon after midnight and the moon is in my eye. It's a song that's been recorded by Frank Sinatra, mm. Bing Crosby. Out of the darkness, you suddenly appeared. You smiled and I was taken by surprise. I guess I should have seen right through you, but the moon got in my eyes. It's beautiful. What a beautiful little couplet. Mm, I love that so much. Um, on the Killing Floors, when he says I've been down on the Killing Floors before. Now, obviously, that's a very easy murder reference, <laughs> but it's also um, a song. I don't think it's by Helen Wolfe, but made famous by him, but also recorded by Hendrix Clapton, Mike Bloomfield, who played on I Was 61 Revisited, Least We Forget, Um One of Helen Wolfe's associates um, said that on the killing floors was actually an old blues term to talk about male and female relationships. Quote, down on the killing floor, that means a woman has you down. She went out of her way to try to kill you. There's your murder. She was at a peak of doing it, and you got away now. You know people have wished they was dead. You've been treated so bad that sometimes you just say, oh, Lord, have mercy. You'd rather be six feet in the ground. So wow. your woman tried to kill you. That's being on the killing floor. So, you, so, Bob, how could this happen to me? <laughs> Charlotte the Harlot, I found out, is a Judas Priest song. Oh. That comes in handy a little bit later for a specific podcast. This one. <laughs> and Scarlet, when I said that before about Scarlet being the the color of whoredom, I, I mean that in a obviously a very long historical sense, which is crazy. The Book of Revelation refers to the whore of Babylon riding a scarlet beast Quote, I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished, as you would be. <laughs> the phrase, great scarlet whore, was used by the Puritans in the 17th century. <laughs> uh, the scarlet letter is famous you right, know, right. for being, you know, Hester Brand wearing the scarlet A across her chest. Uh, prostitutes are sometimes required to wear red in Europe. That's why... Red Light District is a thing. Oh, no That's shit. where it comes from. Uh, and then uh, sex worker advocacy groups also wear red, you know, to stop the stigma of it and to show solidarity. But the irony, of course, is that the clergy also wears red. As I said, they they it's, it's also the – I mean, when I think of Scarlet, I think of royalty. I think of mm. poshness. I think of that kind of stuff. And so I think it's – there's like this demented – I mean, I, I think you could make the case that these, you know, well-off rich – Um, People throughout history, the people that are better, the betters of the world, have this really delusional mindset where they're not only making the the lowers wear the same colors that they are, but they're also, like, fetishizing the colors, which is Mm. completely something they would do. We're recording this on International Women's Day. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. You know, like, to to think of all this. This is centuries and centuries and centuries. Women in the red dress. Nuts. But that's that's what coded language does. Jessica Rabbit. But that's what it shows us. I mean, you put that on the screen. Our minds are so manufactured to think like that. Obviously, hopefully, if it's a good movie, if it's anything, it'll subvert that idea. Now, are they really, really characters? I hope so. I like them. I want them to exist. But I also think they're just kind of, they're just kind of Bob. It's like daytime Bob wants to drag nighttime Bob through the mud. It's like I'm, I've had enough of your shit, Jim. I get that? Tired of your shit, Jim. His name is Jim, right? Yes. Okay, good.
1: No, Slim. It's just Slim. <laughs> I was really convinced yeah. again that time.
0: <laughs> I've had enough of your shit, Slim. <laughs> you we're going through the mud. That's right. And as somebody who has also gone through his his own upheavals in life, I remember when I left Kansas for the last time in 2011. I remember driving to the river and I just sat by the river and I thought how different my life was two years before. And I had the very same thought. I wrote it, wrote it down in my journal that it's like dragging your corpse to the river. It's like taking your corpse – what was your life before and instead of bringing your life with you starting brand new putting your corpse in the river letting it slide off it's a it's a liberating you know thought experiment obviously you're not doing anything physical it's just this sheer act of like leaving a place doing something i understand the idea of of dragging a corpse through the mud now again we we know bob is really dragging a physical corpse right. through the mud that he is about right. to murder yes. um But I do understand that. So I kind of connected with that. I was like, yeah, I get it. I would use a river. Rivers are better. They'll get rid of the body.
2: Charlotte's a harlot Dresses in scarlet Mary dresses in green. It's soon after midnight And I've got a day for the fairy
0: And then at the very end, you know, it's now or never, more than ever. When when I meet you, I didn't think you would do. It's soon after midnight, and I don't want nobody but you. I mean, that is probably the most unsettling part of the whole mm-hmm. entire episode. But uh, also,
1: it's nice. I mean, I just cannot think about it like a very specific murderer. That's why it's like I don't know. Well, and that's is it true. a good murder
0: story? Then is it a, does is it a compelling murder?
1: I think it's fun. I just, I love that juxtaposition of, and I'm so conditioned to do that just because hormones have been doing it for a long time. Of like, here's this fun, upbeat thing. And then cut with, zap, zap, zap. yeah. Yeah. And just like the stalking element of it, like, because he's clearly picking through people. He's spending time to get to know them. He's trying to be in their lives. Yeah. And just like, I can imagine the situation where like these characters are like, Oh man, did you know Mary went missing? Or like, blah. blah, blah. they can't figure it out because Bob's such a nice guy. Like yeah. he will never do anything. And, he fucking killed Slim for us, and I know. like,
0: <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, "Who are all the Joes that he's that she was seeing?" And you'd be like, "Oh, but he's fine. Don't worry about him. It's yeah. probably someone else sneaking under the radar." Yeah, man. And I think that's what Bob's still doing as a songwriter, <laughs> sneaking under the radar. Fifty years later, no, it's kind of funny how, how obtuse he can still be. Like, there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of debate out there in the world, which I was not expecting for this. You know, usually I I tend to rely on books and scholarly. Articles and stuff like that, like summations that have happened over the course of the last fifty years, but this is such a new album that I don't know of anybody like in literature talking about this uh to a great extent, but the internet you know has a lot of lot of thoughts about this song yeah, all the way from jesus uh down to uh down to something dark like that like what what is this person doing but it, there is a stalking element there's an aggressiveness to this um that is something that's not really always prevalent in Bob Dylan's songs and I think that's completely true. Because it is an aggressive song. Like when he's talking about the wall, and I've seen walls stronger than you, and I'm going to tear it down. Like, holy shit. That's, that's that's a great line. And if I was like the other person, the person on the other end, I would be like, oh no. I gotta go. I took that money. I, I better run. Gotta go. Gotta go. So Kelly, final thoughts on Soon After Midnight. Would you listen to it again?
1: Yeah, we'll listen to this song again. Just like all music or any media you consume, it depends. Depending on the mood I'm in, this would be the best one. Because yeah. like if I am want to get down to some crooner, low, yeah. whatever, low mood. Not would low you mood, go like to this or would you go
0: to triplicate?
1: I would probably do triplicate just because this, they're standards. And it's like, yeah. oh, I know these songs. Yeah, that's song. true. Um, but I'm, I, I'm excited to hear Tempest, the album, because I want to know. And at, it's such a fun experience last week with Highway 61 yeah um, where I like I actually sat in a stairwell or with nobody around yeah. and just listen to the album, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I like that context a lot. But it, I think that Tep is listening to Tep all the way through. will give me a little bit of that. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, this, I don't know. I, I, I like I, it better than Sarah. That's, here we go. There's not, my claim. There you go. That's good. That's good.
0: <laughs> I think that'll be one of the lower ones for us. Um, yeah, I think that this works especially really well in, in the context of a record. Another great record song, uh, just like What Good Am I? Really works on the record. This one can stand alone, I think. Whereas I don't think What Good Am I can on its own. But um, but there is a there is a context. Yeah, there's a context here, and I think we've uh, I think we've we've solved we've unlocked the riddle, Kelly. So we were in the world as normal people this week, living our lives with our masks on pretending to be who we were in our corporate office jobs and uh, out in our relationships and amongst the world at large. But inside our brains, Kelly, we were like, we have interests. We have things that we like to do. We have things that we want to follow up on. What did you do this week that was of interest to the rest of the world at large?
1: Man, you always assume that I'm doing something. I'm not. I don't remember. I would say...
0: man. You gotta get a grip on reality here. I know it's like you're being drugged by a Bob Dylan type of character who's gonna follow you down a stairwell and murder you.
1: Oh, you know what I? You know what I'm gonna recommend? Courtesy of our playlist, which if you don't follow, is pretty good. You should do that. Um, yeah. uh, it's on Spotify. See that my playlist is kept clean because see that my grave is kept clean, which we already listened to this year. We did I remember that too. You know, it was good. It was good. It was... Look at all this. It's coming together. It is. But you can also find that at BobDylan.com. Nope. You can also find that at Sign of the Window. <laughs> Nope, SOTWPod.com. I was so close. This is why you do this part. It's true. If you can't remember, see that my playlist is kept clean. You can go to SOTWPod.com and it'll be there too. It will be. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be. Courtesy of our playlist this week. Yes. I had the opportunity to go back and listen to the Hedwig and the Angry Inch soundtrack. Oh, nice. Uh, the original run cast recording is on there, as well as the soundtrack from the movie, and then the Neil Patrick Harris. Um, was the lead, uh, the last run they did for the touring company. I'm always going to be, I mean, I love Hedwig a lot. I have a Hedwig tattoo on my body. It's true. Um, It's absolutely worth listening to any of the versions. I personally would say the original. um, So if you don't know, this is a, it's a a drag rock musical. John Cameron Mitchell plays the, the eponymous Hedwig and it's about um her story from being in East Germany and uh East Berlin I guess more accurately right and then um having to transition to be able to come to America and it's just like I saw a little review it was like the first rock musical that I actually rocks the music's killer and just the all the imagery in it if you haven't seen the movie do that i mean if you have the opportunity to see the play please god go do that but yeah John Cameron Mitchell i mean he started doing it in like punk clubs and yeah. he put on this crazy Show and people are like, You gotta do something with this, and they made it a full play. The, yeah. the music's so good, and it's a great story about uh, a trans person that I, I think people don't even consider when they, they like t- thinking about trans media, it just doesn't even come up. Um, yeah, I
0: know, it's kind of a good point because it, it is, and it's yeah, it really mainstream a lot of people know about it and
1: it's such a fucking sad story but the music just like propels it and you don't really stop and think about how sad it is because it's just kicking ass the whole time and even i mean there is definitely sad moments oh, and they, the they hit time. you like minute radio which is on our playlist is fucking tragic which, if
0: you want to hear us talk about that we will
1: um so that i, I would say go listen to headwig yeah you yeah, yeah, haven't ever done it or okay. watch the movie
0: both do both do both right now <laughs> right now pause us
1: oh there's also an album they that they recorded us. Oh, uh, Wig in a Box, which I don't know if you can find on Spotify. I didn't like for it, where a bunch of actual bands like Slater Kinney, They Might Be Giants, Stephen mm-hmm. Colbert does a spoken word part Whoa. of it. They they do a cover of every song. On oh,
0: the album. Really what? Yeah. That's rad.
1: Mm-hmm. I had no idea.
0: Crazy. I would recommend a couple of albums. Uh, let's do the first two as sort of throwaways, or I don't really know how I feel about them. One is a band called Nervous Dater, Don't Be a Stranger. Kind of a indie punk girl... F- And I don't really know what's going on there, but had me entertained throughout. Another one, you might know her as Alice Fabian, but Joan Baez has a new record out called Whistle Down the Road. And it's great. Whistle Down the Road. Uh, No, it's not great. It's fine. It's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I take it back every night No, no, I don't.
0: It's like a really serviceable album, but it's okay. There's she's a really great guitarist. Her voice is different. You know, it's Mm. weird when people get older. She sounds older. Um, and I don't think that that's that, and it's kind of uh the only song on there that really struck me was one about the Charleston shooting um a couple of years ago, where the white Nash you know supremacist guy walked in and killed nine people in the church oh, in charleston, right, yeah. and um the song is about Barack Obama singing, Amazing grace. I think it's called My President Sings Amazing Grace or whatever. And so it's like, you know, obviously a reflection on Barack Obama. And then you're just like, ah, this is – I see what you're doing. But also it's very much a post-Trump record. And, you know, and she is who she is. And obviously that's kind of the whole crux of the record. So, you know, I think it's worth listening to. It's nice. It's nice. Just folk rock. You know, it's there. And she's she's doing her thing. What I do want to recommend, though, number one, first and foremost, Sakramami. Hey. I hate saying it out loud, Sacromami. Terrible um, name. Sophie Allison, I don't know why. I don't know why you chose Soccer Mommy, but Clean uh, came out, uh, would it be last week or so, but I just, just getting on it. We both listened to it this week, liked in it fact. I too. It was great. So good. Um, still clean and cool. The first two songs are, are fantastic. It feels like it's just like, I mean, that's what she was. She was just a lo fi in her bedroom making music, and now it has this production value that's a little bit stepped up. I'm not really super into the lo-fi stuff, the stuff that sounds like you're just right in front of a a boombox or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I kind of enjoy a little bit of production, but I like the sparseness on the record. I like how the instruments kind of take on their own character and, and that's how I felt with this. I also realized she's 20 years old, and when you listen to it, I found myself I do this a lot too with with these type of bands where you're like you listen to a song and you can kind of remember what that feeling is like. Like when she was – Flaw is a great example where she talks about um, like the awkwardness of like hooking up with somebody, Mm -hmm. like meeting them. She had a great line right at the beginning. Baby, I'm all messed up. Took your bottle, poured a cup. I thought it would fill me up, but maybe it's just a flaw that I've been having all along in thinking love would be that strong. I was like, yeah, I remember when you thought the love you had for somebody when you were 16, 17, 18 – and then the first time you got drunk, and you're like, "Yeah, that's that that's a that's a feeling." <laughs> whatever this is, I don't know what this is. Um, but yeah, you start experiencing things that have more power than whatever that love was supposed to be. But isn't love supposed to be the biggest emotion you'll ever have for somebody?
1: It's hard to keep that in perspective, like listening to Lord and stuff too. Like, oh, I know, so young, yeah.
0: But they do such a good job. Even Lord, that's a great example, yeah. and she's like a devotee of Taylor Swift too. Like, obviously, grew up probably worshiping Taylor Swift. And uh, the Pitchfork review sort of mentioned that, like, she in interviews like says, "I love Taylor Swift," <laughs> and um, and I find that fascinating, you know, because I know nothing about Taylor Swift. Totally, yeah, me either. never, never. It doesn't matter. I'm glad she exists. Doesn't matter to me. But it's so funny that. Um, that this whole world is sort of passing us by. And it's like, it's cool. I'm glad if Taylor Swift influenced this, I'm glad it got to me somehow. And all I can say is I'm thankful, even though it's I'm 10 years older than she is. It's really cool to see, Hey, I remember feeling those ways. And now you can start to sort of feel, I don't know what you feel. You feel optimistic for the future or you feel bleak. Cause you're like, well yeah, I feel old. Now you're going to enjoy the next 10 <laughs> and then you'll feel old. But Julian Baker was another great example. Like the, the sheer depth of these feelings from these 20, 21 year olds is incredible to me. And I love it. I love it so much. And Bob Dylan, you know, obviously he's an old man writing this, but we've listened to Bob Dylan playing songs when he was 21, 22 and the depth of his sort of humanity, I think just shines through. And I'm not trying to compare the two, obviously, because there's not enough to sort of do that. And we're totally different eras. but you know, I'm excited for what she's going to do and I'm excited for what Julian Baker is going to do. And, I'm excited to even know who they are. So if you haven't listened to, um, soccer mommy, unfortunate name, can't stress that enough, mm-hmm. but it is a great record clean. I highly recommend it. It's on Spotify. Go listen now. All right, Kelly, this is the end of the episode. We are a real podcast and I know that you know that. I yeah. know that you know that after I 50 tried to pitch
1: this episodes. Earlier.
0: You did. You already know where to go get the playlist. See right. that my playlist is kept clean on Spotify. We also have a Tumblr. We have a Twitter we have a Facebook, we've got an Instagram, pod for every single one of those. We also are running a special thing where we have a special show called You Want to Ramble where we talk about our playlist, we talk about random stuff, we're going to talk more about Hedwig and the Angry Inch on that show. Now, usually that show is just for Patreon people, but guess what? For this month, you're a Patreon person, and you'll always be a Patreon person. So if you want to, you can go onto our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash sotwpod, and you can listen to the entire month of March's You Want to Ramble, including, I think, a couple from February that we were just kind of playing with. So there's going to be in, there's going to be about six of them total, six or seven of them. So you can just listen to us sort of riff on stuff. Uh, in the descriptions, you're going to see the songs that we're talking about and links to the playlist and our website and all that stuff so you can go and enjoy the playlist for yourself and then start to get into a rhythm with us so you can start listening to playlists. I saw a thing uh, for Spotify that back in 2012 and 13, about 20% of people listening listened to playlists, either their own or mm-hmm. ones that they created. And now 60% of people listen to music from playlists exclusively. Exclusively. I do. I do for the most part too. I mean, I listen to a lot of albums, but well, I, I made love my own some and, playlists. And, yeah, exactly. So we make our own playlists. So you're not only going to get songs that are related to Bob Dylan and the songs that inspired him, which happened this week when we put on the Bobby Fuller, Bobby Fuller Four. But you're also going to get songs that inspired us, you know, because we're trying to make about an hour-long playlist that we could listen to throughout the week instead of just listening to one song over and over and over again. So please come join us uh, at patreon.com slash SOTWpod. And if you sign up um, for a dollar, you're going to get that every single month in addition to every episode. And you're going to get every episode early. The moment I finish, it's going on Patreon right away. And, uh, and then it will come out as normal every Monday like we normally do. So that's the spiel Kelly, now it's time to pick next week's episode.
2: It's now or never More than ever When I met you I didn't think you would do It's soon after midnight And I don't want no
0: All right, Kelly, time to pick next week, episode 52.
1: That sounds like a lot.
0: It sounds like a lot. But really, like you said before, it's really episode one. That's right. So episode one, (laughs) season one, episode one, what number you got? One out of
1: 480.
0: Mm -hmm. 396. All right, 396 is... Okay, it's a song uh, that... Actually it's not part of any album by Bob Dylan. It's on his he played it live when he was over in England. A song called Tell Me Mama. Tell me Mama <laughs> Yeah, like I know. We got the band, got the Hawks going. The Hawks. Mm. The Hawks Nice. Not three ninety six, in case you thought you did get it right for a second. Oh,
1: yeah. I always forget.
0: Yeah. Three thirty seven. This is a song I think you actually know. I think this is one that you said you knew, with God on her side.
1: Yeah, I definitely do know that one. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Well, I'm curious to know how you even that's know like that.
1: It's like a big one,
0: right? That's one of his biggest ones, yeah. That's
1: like a protesty big one. Yeah, it's
0: a big one. Yeah. So, okay. all right, we're going to be good. So that's off of uh, 1963's Times They Are a-Changin'.
1: 63, 64? 64, 64. I'm sure we'll find out
0: next week. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. One of the two. We'll see you next week.
2: <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Minnesota we're thinking of you when we came to Washington we went running Wisconsin, New Jersey loves you. Fly into Georgia, Idaho game. or Indiana, they all seem the same. Florida voting, Montana chew. Visit Nebraska, there's nothing to do. North Carolina.